Episode 7 of The Hunkering, coming at you live from the Hazel Home Basement. Lucky number 7. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah. Did we start this the first weekend, or was it the second? Like, has it I been 7 it was... weeks or 8 weeks? Mm, I think it's been 8 weeks. <sighs> yeah, we started think... this in mid-March. Yeah. And we're in uh, debatably mid-May at yeah. this point. I've According ch- to the weather, I wouldn't know what day or month it was. Yeah. yeah. It snowed yesterday, everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then my brain melted. <laughs> it snowed in May a couple times because I always remember it because my birthday's in May and mm-hmm. I'm always like, oh, it's going to be nice. And then sometimes it'll snow in like mid to late May still. And I'm just like, come on. Come on now. Yeah. I feel like it always happens in April because we always get like a fake out week mm-hmm. and everyone gets, gets excited and I'm always like yeah, I know it's going to snow one more time and then it always does but May is pretty rare it makes me real mad cuz I- things have already started growing and then you're like all right well what is that going to kill that's already been growing or yeah. stop from half our flowers have already bloomed and blossomed and everything and then mm-hmm. it's like snow I know mm-hmm. and I'm so thirsty mm-hmm. to get to a garden store and like spend time outside and uh, my friend Ugh. Tara just sent me a video. She got a huge dump truck of dirt delivered to her house, oh, yeah. and she's planting like multiple garden boxes and stuff. And I was like, "That's so satisfying yeah. to do." Like, she has a very tidy garden box set up, mm-hmm. and like this huge dump truck full of dark, rich soil. And I yeah. was like, "Oh yeah, fuck yeah. with that." Yeah, that's great. I was just watching a video this morning that uh, my sister sent me of this guy talking about doing raised beds and all the planning that has to go into it if you want to really be successful and just thinking about how stupid ours is in the backyard it just made me so mad i wish well, i could start from apparently scratch. i overheard your conversation with brian the other day um but apparently that was a sandbox oh which yes. i didn't realize i very quickly realized that i kind of had a hunch and was like the size of this thing and like how low the wood is to the ground yeah. i was like this doesn't seem like it was actually a garden, a garden bed. box and then once i started digging you know a couple inches down there's like weird mesh fabric that isn't even supposed to be there if you're trying to plant vegetables yeah and then underneath that is a bunch of sand so i have a lot of work to do and there's like a bunch of weird stones and like broken pieces of rock inside too and i'm like what kind of sandbox was this <laughs> so dangerous don't yeah, dig that deep to like hit sharp rock yeah. uh, which doesn't seem fun for children but no well, i'll get there eventually yeah it's just like a lot yeah, in our backyard, we have not only what we've discovered, Brian's our next door neighbor who's lived in the house next to us for like 22 years. We've discovered that the sandbox with like shards in it, as well as the, we have a, like a little cute house in our backyard as well that it's has. Like a kids' playhouse. It's, yeah. it's funny because the kids' playhouse has a nicer door handle than our actual house. It's, it does, it's yeah. a kids' playhouse, but it's like, um, it's like a scaled down version of like the the small houses that rich people build for their children yeah. where it's not like a plastic fisher price thing right this has like siding and a and uh-huh. a it's roof. painted to look like our house yeah yeah they used actual shingles and stuff yeah it's very it's, strange it's just it's like weird. a splinter factory though like it's, oh yeah it, the it's inside like is terrifying stopped. yeah there's a little shelf and like there's weird siding that's all coming off there's a, a deflated soccer ball in there and i have no idea how it got there <laughs> oh cool. yeah i put that in there oh did you? Uh, yeah someone put it in our yard and i was like 
like, nah, maybe well, we want to kick the soccer ball. there's also another one in our yard up you against know? the fence. Huh. Two sad, dead soccer balls. Our backyard makes me think Same. of, like, those, like, dystopian feral children that are, like, raised in the woods <laughs> yeah. and, like, haven't had social contact. And yeah. they're like, we play in sand and we live in this house. And they're like, Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Like, it's basically my backyard. dream backyard as a kid. I would have had so much it fun in our backyard. Cool. Yeah. Did you dream of being in, like, post-Soviet Ukraine <laughs> yeah. when you were young? Honestly, my sisters and I would very frequently play scenarios where we were either in an orphanage and mixing up our ice cream until it looked like everything had to be porridge. I mean, like, anything we were eating, mix it up Was enough porridge, so it looked like yeah. it's porridge. We just, like, loved the idea of, like, oh, yes, we're hiding in the bushes and eating our porridge. And my mom was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I Very think disturbed really... by it. But we really were in it. We, we really liked to reenact any kind of, like, movie or show very it was kind Dickensian. of a yeah. yeah i feel like you intense. missed out with your childhood uh make-believe because like there's way cooler shit you could have been doing than eating porridge in the bushes i mean no we had a great time we would set up a <laughs> fake bike shop no, in our fast. driveway where you're we... doing the childhood version of kink shaming right now Nick? Yeah. Yeah. i don't no, appreciate we, it we definitely kept ourselves busy we mm. would pretend to grocery shop and our our next door neighbors had like those big square berry bushes all up their sidewalk mm-hmm. and so we'd ride our we'd take our bikes and pretend like we were grocery shopping we made this is all when i was like under the age of eight we made fake licenses where i remember cutting my picture out of my like preschool printed thing taping it on there and then just doing you know scribbles because i couldn't write really anything and You're then i would fake ids we would make fake yeah. ids just so that when we were leaving the fake like bush supermarket as we were coming back to the driveway, Caitlin would be posted there as, like, a, you know, safety guard or whatever, and she'd ask to see your license. And it was, like, this whole thing just to do that. And then with our Barbie Jeep, we'd, like, use chalk on the window and pretend like we were going into a car wash. Everything was Whoa, just mimicking, wow. like, the grown-up Real world. Real life, yeah. That's what, I feel like that's how little kids learn. Yeah. It's just so funny to think back, like, that we were so invested in, like, playing bike shop fishing out of a pond with sticks and leaves and water oh, like, ice. these yeah. things you just spent Classic. hours doing or there was one that we we all still remember pretty vividly the house on the other side we would run over there and they had these big windows on their second floor and they would never know when we were in their yard i'm sure they just you know assumed we'd be back there at all times we would throw our stuffed animals up in the air and then act as if there was a fire and they were jumping out the window into our arms for safety Whoa. Just like, I mean, when there's five kids and mom's busy with like crying twins, you got to go out and yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we definitely, we were fine. That's a level. <laughs> yeah. We're good. We changed the world. We're all great. We're all great. Uh, I feel like that's a, I mean, that's a level of make believe childhood that I don't think happens anymore because kids yeah. have so many distraction devices and entertainment and toys right, and things like that. they don't where... necessarily play in... I mean, kids still play, of course, yeah. but sometimes I wonder if they're they like, have, as like, weird as we were. They play supplements. <laughs> yeah. Where my dad would always tell me stories where his mom would just be like, go out in the backyard, which was at that point, they lived in Harper Woods, and it was before it was developed, and his backyard was a forest with a river in it <laughs> in Harper Woods that he would go out and just, like, catch frogs and snakes and stuff. But there were no, you know, he may have had, like, a ball. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. there were no toys <laughs> yeah. and shit like that. There was no, like, yeah. superhero Well, that's kind of how it is, you know, generation to generation. Yeah. There's always different types of toys, but it, it does feel weird. 
now when I see kids, like even just when families are out to dinner and they just give the kid a phone or an iPad because they're, which honestly, like I don't blame people for doing because if that's the only way that you can like have some grown up time and yeah, get them to just chill out yeah. for a minute, I get it. But I get it's it. Just, but it's just it's kills it's so me. Foreign it kills to, me on the inside to see yeah. uh, kids doing that. Just like my um, my nephews because they're very proficient at iPad usage. But I I just wonder because it's such an untested thing on like the development of the child brain and how all these apps are designed to be super addictive and they're, you know, made to addict adults to using them where it's like if a three-year-old is using YouTube proficiently, it's like that scares me. And I saw him try and do the, the iPad, like zoom in, zoom out thing on like a physical object. And I was like, Oh Jesus, that kid's brain is like, it, it, it's like his perception of reality is like, Oh, everything works like this. But it's like, no, this is like a very, this is not representative of, I guess it is the real world, but it's not like everything is not an iPad. Yeah, I saw a clip of a <clears throat> a young kid trying to do that exact same, like, pinch your fingers and spread them out Zoom thing on mm-hmm. a Game Boy, like an original <laughs> Game Boy. Uh, she had been playing, you know, <laughs> iPad games for so long yeah. that it just didn't compute that yeah. you needed to use the mm-hmm. buttons. But, uh, yeah, my cousin once removed, so my cousin's kid... Uh, is better at YouTube than I am. Like, knows the shortcuts for video navigation, and um, it's kind of crazy. I mean, when we were 18 or-ish, you know, coming-of-age type of thing, Mm -hmm. I feel like I read a bunch of articles, and it was just kind of a a known perspective from our parents, like the baby boomer generation, that we had shorter attention spans, and that we were like, spastic and that was like when the add and adhd thing was kind of becoming mainstream knowledge yeah and now that i am of a certain age i can't help but think that if a child has been watching tiktok or you know vine's dead but like anything like that or youtube videos whenever they can cast it aside and go to the next one psychologically that's got to be doing some crazy things to the attention span it is rewiring your brain to be like this is how it is dopamine 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 well even for me watching tiktok things like i accidentally get if i open that app i will easily like by the time i close it have accidentally wasted at least a half hour yeah well because you're just like that is it's by design right yeah that you only need to focus for like a couple seconds before you decide if you even want to watch the entire 15 to 30 second video. Yeah. Until you just move past this. it. Yeah. No, it's yeah. not scroll, this one. Scroll next one. It's so weird. It's so weird to look at that and then think about how I would have absorbed that as like not only like a little kid, but even just as a teenager. Well, know what this has just made me think of? Like when you said that about ADHD, is ADHD, I think it's obviously a real thing and it's, it's real, but. In the 90s, when adults, when they were like, all these kids have ADHD, I don't think it's that kids had it. I think it's just the kids that were using this technology and were experiencing the world that enabled it much more. Like, I'm sure Mm -hmm. it was, I'm sure there's, like, everything, like, genetic components and everything else, but we have have made an ADHD-producing environment, you know? That we live in where it's like if you have any inclination towards that however your neural circuitry is worked up we've basically put you in a 
in a cage that is full of shit that will just distract the hell out of you, you know, yeah. that is vying for your attention at every moment. Every app in your phone, every commercial, every whatever is just pulling you one way or the other. Welcome you know? to the internet, little boy. Even the links are hyper. Yeah. Click, click, yeah. click, swipe, 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 Jesus. up yeah. and down. Yeah. You know? It's, uh... Welcome to the internet, little boy. Yeah. <laughs> So right. like, should I voice modulate myself yeah. in post <laughs> so that's not so creepy? <laughs> um, but nope. just how you were talking about like reading books, it's hard mm-hmm. to pay attention to shit because everything else, books are not designed to be addictive. Everything else that you read or click or whatever is, you know, so right. much of the world is meant to be uh, hyper palatable and something as mundane as a book or like. God, this movie's three hours long and no one's gotten, you know, murdered or fucked yet. Like, oh, you know, boring. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's just like you, people can't pay attention and watch shit anymore. I catch myself doing it now that we've been home for this long and, uh, you know, a certain amount of people are doing Instagram Live and Facebook Live and all this stuff. And you tune in and if it's bland for 90 seconds, you're like, eh. Yeah. There's a thousand other things I could watch on the internet right now. Maybe I'll pass on this, which I feel bad about. Like, it pings guilt for me because I want to have the attention span to to care about it. But really, there's, I mean, the options are so vast. It's hard to do it. It's funny, like, on a macro scale, this has always been happening. Like, every business and every brand has always tried to vie for your attention via advertising. You know, mm-hmm. where it's like the whole idea of a marketplace is like, notice me notice me notice me notice me and that's what all advertising is it's just like shouting and it's like if you're not interested in the first couple seconds people are like meh no and then once you're once you are hooked in something which is branding like once you are like yeah i drink coke their mission is accomplished they've already got you and then pepsi can be shouting but you're like no i drink coke but it's the same thing Mm -hmm. with like a podcast or a book or an author anything or a, or a musician where it's like, have you listened to this new person? It's like, no, I, I, I don't have time for that. But there's always early adopters and stuff like that with products. But I feel like now all information and all content is now being is so hungry for your attention. Because oh, yeah. there's more mm-hmm. of it than ever. And it's like eyes on screens is what and clicks is what, you know, pays the bills. That's what like, yeah. My five-year-old cousin, if she gets, you know, the McDonald's logo shoved in front of her face enough times and has a burger one time, that might be the the selling point. And it's really interesting because, you know, I went to school for marketing and now I'm in kind of an offshoot of advertising and an offshoot of the entertainment industry. And the majority of commercials that I will process at work are under 15 seconds. So oh, yeah. so there are some minute long ones, there are some 30 second ones, but like the vast majority especially if we're talking about new media or internet, like Instagram or anything digital type of thing, it's it's usually like 6 seconds, 10 seconds, 15 seconds. And note the other fucked up thing about that is like the way you get people's attention is by doing fucked up stuff like outraging them or shocking them, you know, or it's like you have this if you if you see something you're used to or that's mundane, you're like boring. But if you see someone, if you see something fucked up or that's jarring to you or, you know, something that's super novel, it's like the things that get you um, in the in the like 
neurological sense aroused where it's like your brain lights up elicit Um, that emotion yeah but it's like that is so destructive and damaging when you when you're just bombarding a brain with that where it's like evolutionarily we uh you know if you saw a uh, violent image or a sexual image it's because you were experiencing that you know for all of human history and all of a sudden we're just like hey here's a bunch of these pictures that are getting ever ever more uh, high resolution Mm -hmm. and then we're bombarding your brain with them where it's like like i was talking about the lizard brain before like your lizard brain doesn't really know the difference between that stuff it's your human consciousness that's like this is just make-believe that's why kids get scared as shit at like when i saw jurassic park when it was in theaters which i should not have done right nightmares forever but i was like this isn't real this isn't real but my brain's like this is real dinosaur like you're scared as shit you know yeah um but it's like your as your adult brain develops you can tamp that down but subconsciously your brain is still like holy shit i'm just gonna throw out a fact that i learned in my life span motor development class when i was in school Uh, i went to school for kinesiology to be like a physical therapist for a little while and in this lifespan motor development class, we learned that on average, kids cannot separate fiction from reality until they're around 10 years old. It's between like 9 and 11 where they actually start seeing like, oh, the boogeyman's a story. Yes. You know, but before that and uh, just doing the math, you were under that uh, watching oh, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, it's it's almost it's almost unheard of for you to be able to separate that from reality and jurassic park was uh you know those were not cartoon dinosaurs either so it's like the level of realism was high even for an adult brain so like my little kid brain seeing that shit was like indistinguishable from reality and that's kind of crazy to think reflect on right now yeah uh, well you know it, it loops back to like all the advertising and we've talked about how it's borderline nefarious uh to advertise to children for many reasons yeah. but um you see you see why kids have such brand loyalty before they hit that age like before they know like they have no scope and they um they see enough ads on youtube when they're swipe swipe swiping at the mexican restaurant because mom and dad are a little bit tired of answering their frozen questions yeah so they hand them the device (laughs) yeah and then uh you know 20 years later they're loyal to burger king over mcdonald's or whatever well like the the fact that kids are just like spongy learning machines is a double-edged sword because on the one hand they can learn new languages, yeah. you know, absorb all this information. Teach your kid become, French instead of YouTube. prodigies. But on the flip side, they can also learn, like, completely delusional, false reality, you know, crazy shit. Or just, like, you know, they're susceptible. They're susceptible yeah. to good and bad. And that's why I'm homeschooling the shit out of my kids for a while. <laughs> until they, until that age. Yeah. I think it's like kind of a noble thing that you and your siblings were pretending to save people out of burning buildings and had like <laughs> yeah. some sort of noble yeah. purpose. It, it had nothing to do with like being a hero. It was just a hundred percent. I'm like, not going to call myself to... a hero. Yeah, but... I don't want to <laughs> say that I was like you know a heroic child. Um, I think we just really. Oh, you know why? I can guarantee. Tell us that that came from <laughs> our very insane obsession with that show rescue 911 where they used to reenact 
like 911 calls or it was like this ridiculous show and I specifically remember one of my earliest memories of like pretending to be sick to miss school was in kindergarten because I really wanted to watch Rescue 911. <laughs> I was in the afternoon wow. class and I think it was on at like noon or 1 in the afternoon and I fucking loved that show and they would just have terrible reenactment actors and they would do you know it'd be like oh um one of them I remember was like their kid got in the car and was playing in the car and accidentally turned put it into drive put it into reverse, reverse and it rolled yeah. down the driveway and like into water and like all these crazy oh stories God. where it's people telling these stories uh. that they had and then just really bad reenactments and i am 99 percent sure thinking back on it now that that is what inspired the the firefighter. Mm, that makes sense. One because we wanted you're to just reenact mimicking, that. Yeah, some stuff that you like saw. people jumping out of their window. Yeah, to be saved. That's so Very funny. Strange. Those kind of shows are still so popular today. Oh, I know. Everything you know. on the History Channel, half mm-hmm. the shit on like Lifetime, and all these things. Right. Just like cheese reenactments. It's um, so funny. My, I was watching that McMillions documentary recently, which I highly recommend. It was a really interesting story, and like some of the actual people in it, like the main. Uh, detective is kind of like this weird like silly bro kind of guy um and it was really funny watching it because like they reenact pretty much every part of the story so constant you know little faded faces reenactment and then i realized that one of my friends from college was the reenactment actor for the main detective so he was in like every scene i was like <laughs> that's that trevor morgan in this gym i was like are you in this show and he's like yeah are you watching <laughs> yeah. oh my god and then the whole so time funny. i was watching that i was just thinking about like him as an actor like damn he's making so much money because they literally have to reenact every moment that they're talking about oh, and, like yeah. all mm-hmm. these you know sprawled mcdonald's bags and stuff and he was like yeah dude seriously like at the rap party they had all this nice food and we were all like we kind of like really want to eat mcdonald's now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's so many i mean you can't really have any kind of documentary thing like that without reenacting it either has to be like found footage or, right. or reenactments basically because that's that's how they yeah mercy Unless in the story Tiger king and you're just like filming the nonsense while it's happening and then you've got all that great content well i think that that kind of stuff hits the like the center of the venn diagram between reality tv and documentaries you know where it's like yeah. a little mm-hmm. bit embellished and you you have this reenactment which is whatever the director and producers kind of want to make it right which obviously inspired your little four-year-old brains to want to save people from yeah. a burning building um it's a really interesting thing because you know everyone has their own media preferences and ali and i have like just a little bit of an overlap in the venn diagram of what we like you know, and I feel like those those reality documentaries, whenever it kind of straddles the that line, mm-hmm. that's in there. And I've thought about that before because I'm like, this is still very interesting historical knowledge. Like we watched that Ted Bundy thing where I'm like, mm-hmm. this is fascinating, even though there's kind of like cheese ball renditions of what actually happened. Right. And there's not the Zac Efron be... one, the Netflix one. I haven't seen the Zac Efron one. Oh, I haven't oh, seen right. either. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, it was interesting. Then there was the one with the football player. Uh, shit, what was his name? It was Rudy. I can't remember, but he, like, murdered somebody, and it was this whole... You're thinking of the film Rudy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I do love a good crime doc. It's funny, like, those... That area of entertainment falls outside of my my circle of of stuff. Although, um, just... 
I like documentaries, but I don't know. I guess uh, it's weird. I like the, the crime reenactments and things like that. I just can't can't do. Sometimes it's silly. Sometimes you don't really notice, and it's kind of just like if imagery well, in the if background. It's well done, but, but I, usually it's so bad. right. Or like the show about not knowing you're pregnant. How? Yeah, I've, I've seen like maybe little bits of it. It's a reality about show about show. people who didn't know that they were pregnant, and yeah. then they fucking birth a child. And there are reenactments where it's like, yeah, I just like my stomach really hurt, and then I was on the toilet, and then I looked down, and there was a baby. I feel in like the water. those. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? I feel like there has to be, and maybe not, but I hope there's some degree of embellishment there, where it's like you can't just. You don't suspect that, you know. They're all just like, I thought I was gaining weight, and I, like, felt weird. I have like, an insensitive question. Are you not with pregnancy? My insensitive yeah. question is, like, what percentage of these people were um, fat enough that they wouldn't know that a... It's not like they're all really overweight people. Well, some people And some people don't, don't show, show as much, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's still wild to me that your body could go through that much change, and after, like... I understand maybe going like a couple months without realizing, but the entire term without realizing. The that's entire insane. term seems crazy because like there's hormonal shit. It's like, wow, I'm really hungry. You know, it's like all yeah. these different bodily changes where it's just like you got to suspect. And also like no one notices, I guess. Or like there's not the rude person being like, oh, how's the baby coming along? It's like, what? No, yeah. I'm just fat. Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> or like the obvious thing of going that long without missing a period and thinking everything's fine like yes, that's the that's first thing that thing. tells people that how, something's up how deaf do you have to be to your own body's signs to not know, know that pregnancy crazy. is going on you know at least all in the a stories movie. are pretty different but it's still just so i've been weird. pretty irregular for like nine months yeah it's weird. Oh, what? there's a baby in the toilet yeah so i just weird. feel something kicking like that's another that, thing. There's so many things. I, I had no idea that was yeah. a thing. Yeah. That show. I don't know if it's still on, but for a while it was... I can't remember the exact name of it, but... That's why I can't watch shows like that, because it hurts my soul or brain or something to be like, people like that mm-hmm. exist out there. And whew, it's like, man, I, I, what do you do with people like that? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I how mean... do you... How do I... How do you help them? Do you just let them run, run around? But then it's like <laughs> just, those people are, run those people are driving tired. cars and voting and they're allowed to get guns and stuff. It's like, that's scary to me. Like those people right. who are doing all this craziness, like they have a level of um, freedom, you know, that I find a little scary. You know what? I will say that um, I agree with everything you just said, but... <laughs> I'm not I, trying to I impinge like... on anyone's freedoms to our <laughs> friends in Lansing. By the way, <laughs> don't mis don't misjudge me. I'm just like, yeah, people are out there, and we have very little regulations. Can you imagine how unprepared that probably not always couple would be once the baby drops? Literally, oh, yeah. uh, I should probably get a crib or something. I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like where am I going to put this baby? It at? seems like almost all of those stories are people who are single. Yeah, I haven't sad. seen enough of it to know that for sure, but at least the clips that I've seen of it. Yeah. Wow. So much stupid, like silly stupidity. I saw a video yeah. the other morning of somebody, like somebody working at, I think, a gas station. And he kind of like had his phone on this lady as she walked in. She's wearing like a paper mask, mm-hmm. um, like the blue kind. And she cut a hole out. <laughs> over her nose and her mouth yeah so it looks like a goatee she comes in and the guy's like 
oh cool like where'd you get that mask and she was like oh i actually just i just cut it you know it's so hard to breathe with these so i just cut a hole it's, it's a lot easier to breathe and he was like okay cool thank you and she leaves <laughs> and he's like oh. it's like that's the whole purpose i saw <laughs> a tweet mask. i saw a tweet where a guy was like i watched a woman in a grocery store who had a mask on pull her mask down to sneeze and then put it back on and he's like i don't think they're supposed to work like oh that. my god it's just like <laughs> I did have to take my mask down the other day at Trader Joe's because I had gotten, like, some wine and beer. And the guy was like, oh, can I see your ID? And I showed it to him, and my hair is blonde and that. And, like, I've got a big face mask on. My hair is now orange. Um, So he was just like, I'm I'm sorry. Can you show me your face really quick? (laughs) So I just, like, held my breath and took it down and put it back up. And I was like, you know, I think about that every time like did I did you show him your fake child ID from when he you was were like eight? you know it's just like one of those times where it would be really easy for like a sibling to come in and use someone else's and I was like yeah I mean like I really like no one else has checked my ID I understand that you still need to like do that but I honestly wonder that every time that I've had to get anything where I'm like do people even bother to like look at because your face is totally blocked I don't know yeah. I usually don't get carded unless it's like those things where they have to sometimes they just ask me what my birthday is it's an interesting thing for when like bars and restaurants reopen as well where it's right, like you know you're, still you, if you're them? iding people i mean people are still going to be wearing masks i think for the next indefinite yeah i mean i'll go eat at a restaurant but how am i going to do that if i wear a mask well that's you the thing can't. you said it last week <clears throat> is like you can't eat with a mask on you can't drink with a mask on yeah. you know so if if you need to see their face in line you It'll, need to because yeah. you know what you're gonna need to it, use that face like, to eat is it like rude to ask someone to remove their mask or depends whatever depends on the circumstances I think uh, someone in fuck I, I won't do this story justice but it was in the news like someone um, in f- a security guard a father of eight I believe in Flint was shot and killed because he asked a woman or told a woman that she couldn't come into the store without a mask and she came back with her dad and like killed him oh my god yeah and like shit yeah in flint michigan i believe so like every grocery store should be demanding people to wear masks because otherwise it's like such a dangerous i've heard people like spitting in cops faces because they ask them to wear masks and all this other shit where i'm just like holy shit this is fucking like just fucking do it just do it okay well and (laughs) Do it and you know, just cut a hole in it or whatever. Just pull yeah. it down to sneeze oh like my God. a fucking idiot. I did see this picture um, of a woman on a subway that had a masquerade mask on that it was like, like above a, the nose, yeah. you know, just like the classic, oh, yeah. like, like a new you know, lens. Just yeah, the like eye. a Mardi Gras. She's like, well, she's she doesn't really get it, but she's got the spirit, you yeah. know, she's really trying to abide by the regulations. Oh um, yeah. It is kind of funny to see different um, retailers and stuff trying to make, like, cute ones. Like, I ordered a pack of some masks that have, like, nicer fabric, whatever, because mm-hmm. might as well have fun with it, make it fashion. I remember the first week of quarantine, there was a meme going around on Reddit that was like, all right, three weeks into quarantine, and it was just an N95 mask with a little Patagonia uh, thing stitched <laughs> yeah. into it. Check this picture out. Oh, is that the United flight? That, Full of people uh, wearing masks. But... So United, Why United so claimed that they would leave middle seats open in Which, three would row that seats. Even do anything? And they, uh, well, you know, it's better than alleviate nothing. stress at the bare minimum. Yeah. But um, they haven't been doing that. But yeah, um, 
Uh, imagine if you had if you had some critical work and you had to fly on a plane. Yeah, I'd wear a mask. I'd yeah, wear gloves, I, a mask. I'm struggling to think that all those people on that United flight have yeah. essential if work to fly across the country. If that's a recent picture, it's probably just people being like, oh, well, at this yeah. point, like, this, that's probably fine. this picture. All right. I'll try and link to these, or uh, or at least we can do a good enough job describing them. So Nick has just passed me an image that it, it's a storefront, and there's four signs out front, and it says, we're open, hard underline to the truth. Second sign, no masks allowed. <clears throat> Third sign, handshakes okay. Fourth sign, hugs very okay. What the hell? Yeah. Wow. Well, you know what? I mean... It's like a flooring store or something, but it's like... If you're really that sure that all of this is fake at this point, there's nothing that anyone's going to do to convince them otherwise. Because they're... I mean, that's insane. Yeah. To, after all of this time, think that there's some kind of conspiracy or that people aren't dying from this. I mean, you just can't stop people with that kind of willpower. It's like 1% passable in the first couple weeks to be skeptical of... Yeah. The the, um, severity of a situation. But after this much proof and this much time where it's like, this is not a... Yeah, this is not a hoax or a conspiracy. Right, and there's still so many people that think that there's, like, any kind of credibility in saying that, you know, Fauci or whoever else is just lying. Yeah. The fact that they have a sign that says masks not allowed. Yeah, that's pretty... I feel like that's that's gotta be... That's, like, reckless, and they should be forced to shut down I was gonna say, that's gotta be illegal, you know, where it's, like, it's, it's one thing to say... You don't have to. You don't have to, or it's not mandated or something, but to be like, we're not going to serve you if you are wearing a mask is kind of, is crazy. It's so depressing that, like, I feel desensitized to this, having read about anti-vaxxers for a while, because it's just, it's, you know, it's brazen denial of medicine and science. Well, and just... Yeah, what what we all kind of agree no, is reality. <laughs> no masks allowed. <clears throat> yeah, that's bold. Jeez. We are open to the truth. <laughs> okay. Man. My <clears throat> mouth is open to viral particles <laughs> yeah. flying into it. <laughs> there should have been a fifth one that said, come sneeze on me. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there is some sort of American Walter White that is just like, you know what? I'm dying of terminal brain cancer, and um, I'm going to cough in a few mouths this week. I've already got it, you know? Uh, Yeah. He could run wild, you know? Anyway, that's horrific that that business is operating under those practices. And as we've talked about, I do feel um, you can can understand why people are anxious to get back to, quote, normal, but... In order to do so, you have to um, you have to disregard so much valuable information. Um, speaking of which, Nick, you shared an article today of a um, I believe he was a virologist that got COVID mm-hmm. and went through it. And he's seventy one years old. A uh, Peter um, Priot. I can't remember his name. Yeah, he's Dutch, but I believe. Um, but yeah, I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, just to give a quick overview, it it echoed what we talked about um, last week with what um, with what I learned about at the bike shop and my virology nurse. But you know, 
unless a, unless a vaccine comes, they're they're finding new complications every week, and we don't need. I feel like we don't need to like we hit we it don't need over to rehash, and over again. Yeah. Um, I'll make one quick point please. about that, and then we should we should pivot away. But speaking of like all this stuff, it was kind of I read um uh, the website or like uh, publication Eater. Uh, and they have mm-hmm. like one usually for like each city, but Eater Detroit <clears throat> did a thing interviewing restaurant owners uh, who were skeptical about reopening. Um, which I was like, oh great, like finally, like people are making common sense. And as I read into the article, they were like, yeah, we're really hesitant about reopening. But then they kind of went on to say that they're like, we don't know if the virus is going to come back, and like they're the way they were speaking was indicative of like they were expressing uncertainty, but it was like the wrong uncertainty where it's like, Mm. no, we do know it's going to come back. And they're like, even though cases have stopped and like, we've beat this thing. And I was like, wait, what? It is not beaten. It was just like the, they were concerned, but like for the wrong reasons. And I was just like, Oh man, there's, it just ties in with like the misinformation, the denial, the kind of like false reality. Um, which is just kind of, it's just crazy, crazy to navigate. It, uh, you know, just to tie it back to last week, we talked a lot about the lizard brain and mm-hmm. when necessity drives your actions over, um, over anything. <coughs> excuse me, anything else. I feel like a lot of businesses. <coughs> That's the COVID. Uh, so, yep, yep. Uh, this will be our last episode. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> No, um, but, you know, we are starting to see the first wave of closures with local businesses. Um, Not temporary closures, permanent closures. Correct. Yeah. Businesses going down. And a lot of businesses are going to have that come-to-Jesus moment and have to decide whether or not the people that are working at their establishment are more important than the profit once things open up (laughs) and history tells us that they're gonna choose one one of those (laughs) money talks yeah um so you know anyway again not to get too dark but we're we're starting to see these closures and there are going to be once these government restrictions are lifted a lot of businesses are going to open back up and i feel like some will decide to stay closed Mm-hmm. And I'm really interested to see that um, how that looks. The company I work for made a promise not to lay off any employees or cut any salaries in May, and had like a big town hall team call, which was like 240 people, where they promised not to affect anyone's wages. And they're like, "Hey, we're investing in the people of our company. We're investing in your education in all of these different technologies for the whole duration, or for just a short amount? Like, was there a time frame on that? For like, May." Okay, so like for the month of May, we're not going to fire anyone. For the month of May, we're not taking a dollar out of anyone's salary. Okay, we're not um, we're not laying anyone off, we're not furloughing anyone, and we're not cutting anyone's salary. And they had a similar one at the beginning of April, where they made that okay. announcement. And everybody was, you know, um, ecstatic. Yeah, and I mean, for me personally, that's how you gain loyalty 
Oh, 100%. I mean, for them to look at it from the human side and say, hey, we we know that because we've educated ourselves over this time in our technology and gotten more efficient that when we come out come out of all this we'll be in more demand and we believe that if we can streamline this process and you guys can help us do it then we're going to be you know very sought after yeah for sure i you know it's very confidence inspiring cuz we you you really don't know and my point by bringing this up is that a lot of executive officers and a lot of business owners are gonna are are already having that oh my god like if this goes through june and i can't open up till july i'm either gonna have to shut down or you know fire everybody you know what's that gonna look like well we're we're seeing that first wave of businesses closing after the initial the initial shutdown i feel like it's coming to light now that's why i bring it up yeah um and things also like uh, Kroger employees have been getting, uh, I believe, like a $2 quote-unquote hero pay for the past month or something. Um, but That's they, something. But they just uh, $2 to, yeah, I, I mean, it's something. It's not that much. But no. they also just announced that that's like, oh, we're going to stop that in the next week or two or something. Where it's just like, yeah. What? Yeah, so companies are doing all kinds of crazy and or interesting things both good and bad like um i think we talked about this last week but bezos said uh that he's putting most of the profits or all the profits from amazon towards um his employees and stuff as opposed to shareholders and things like that um but yeah elon musk just said he was gonna uh like take his gigafactory out of california and move it to texas or something because of some bullshit like all the ceos and companies are having really interesting um reactions Mm -hmm. to to the situation now that it's way more developed how do you even say elon musk's child's name (sighs) i don't know it's so insane to think that that's not going to affect (laughs) <laughs> this kid's entire life. Oh, it definitely is. You just like, hope that they I mean, call his it life, Annie. His or, life is going to be crazier. Albert. His life is going to be insane anyway. His parents are fucking Grimes and Elon Musk, so that kid's already in for a wild yeah, ride. Yeah, just <laughs> like, there's no hope for normalcy. No. At any level, unless they change their name. Well, not even, yeah. They're, that kid is going to have one of the craziest lives of any people, because it looks like a math problem, isn't On it? Like Mars, maybe. You know, <laughs> have you? Did you see Grimes's explanation of it? No. She tweeted an explanation, which I didn't know we were going to be talking about this, so I don't mm-hmm. have. But um, it has stuff to do with like angels, and mm. the A twelve is a is a plane that was a, a precursor to, to the SR seventy one Blackbird, I think. Yeah. Non-military, non-violent, or yeah. it, it was, was military, military. It was non-violent. non-violent yeah. Yes, uh, it's actually a super cool plane. The story behind it is fascinating. The Blackbird, um, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to pronounce the name. The kid is gonna probably oh, be okay. crazy or interesting. <laughs> what does she say? X, the unknown variable. A E, my elven spelling of A I, love and or artificial intelligence. Okay. A minus 12, 
Yeah, they are our favorite aircraft. No weapons, no defenses, just speed. Great in battle, but non-violent. Heart. Plus A equals Archangel, my favorite song. Metal Rat. I saw this, I saw this great <laughs> gif of, hey, A12, you're late for dinner. And it's just this guy diving off a bridge. And as soon as he dives off the bridge, it like anamorphs into a plane <laughs> and like comes, goes into the kitchen. So good. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Uh, some someone I'm friends with on Facebook was like, "Congratulations uh, to Elon and Grimes for their new Wi-Fi password." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, wonderful. That's that kid's gonna. Yeah, <laughs> she tweeted, "Having a baby is like the Dark Souls of Tamagotchi." What? <laughs> oh wow! Wow, it's dark in here. This is a weird you can thing. I just went that. down. Oh, she's Dark got Souls. lots of scary pictures. Dark Souls here. is like one of the uh, one of the hardest video games, one of the hardest mainstream video games out there. And when we were growing up, Tamagotchi was like this little stupid pet you had to take care of on your keychain. If you don't know what Tamagotchi is, you can stop listening to the I podcast. I mean, what a yeah. thrill ride. If you're not born between 1980 and 1998, you can just get out. Mm-hmm. Get out, leave. Our right podcast has a very niche demographic. That's right. Oh, this... Could... Angry millennials. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this could segue into our, into our podcast audience that we wanted to talk about a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Um... Well, how do we get there? That was good. I yeah. like that I I like that my brain snaked over there. Yeah. Um so we wanted to um we're planning on bringing some some guests in for future episodes virtually. It, virtually of course, remote guests. And uh we're working out the the audio details now in order to um uh, make that recording feasible, but you know, if you would like to so uh, so it doesn't sound like they're shouting through a soup can attached to a string. Yeah, I mean, originally we were like we could probably put a mic next to a speaker phone cell phone, then I was like, "Wait, wait, wait. We have the technology this to week, do this." This week it's Bane. Yeah. <laughs> you were born yeah. in the hunker. Next week Darth Vader yeah. coming on the podcast. <laughs> If you do not uh, have a full bodysuit and a ventilator, you yeah, are not you're welcome. Not. Yeah, but we're looking for uh, for people that might want to have some of these conversations with us. And truly, I would love to um, talk about a topic or two with these people or just have them in for a week. You know, we're not looking for a continual guest at this point. Just come in, talk to us for, for one week or a topic or two. Yeah. We'd, we'd love yeah. to have you. We're not signing any contracts, you know. That's right. Just a one-time. Yeah, no royalties. The small (laughs) amount of paperwork that has been filed for this entire thing is staggering. You'll be paid in exposure. Yes, yes, absolutely. We can send you a hashtag in the mail. Um, We we are also looking for if any musicians that any of us know would like to um, send me any wave files. Um, feel free to uh, hashtag the hunkering on Instagram and or hit me at uh, at Jameson Mosshart on any social media and uh we'd love to have some little snippets i mean the creatives have had tony had tons of time to create things and i'd love to get some of your stuff in here and lord knows we're not playing live shows guys so like you know shoot me shoot me a five to 15 second snippet or even a whole song and i'll pick one from it and that goes for all three of us we're we're interested in maybe hearing what you got you i know? love music yeah so is there any like i feel like nothing 
in the past week has come out that I've loved or need to talk about music wise. There have been some Instagram live things that I've enjoyed watching. Um, and there's been some Twitch streams that I've enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I've really been enjoying, um, just leaving a Twitch stream of a DJ. And I, I don't mean like a dead mouse or like a, you know, like a clubhouse DJ, but just people that are spinning records in a nice environment. It's nice to have on in the background. Yeah, but now we don't need that because we have a turntable set up about three feet away from where we're sitting right now. Oh, yeah. Yo, which yeah. Which is nice. We set up Nick's dad's stereo system from 19... I think you said like 73-ish? Uh, yeah. Maybe it's been, earlier? It's, yeah. It's old. Some parts might be earlier, but... My dad was a huge audiophile once he got out of Vietnam. He used his like, army money to get a uh, Corvette Stingray and a bunch of bunch of audio equipment and records. Mm-hmm. Like a cool 70s yeah. dude. Yeah, that's super cool. <laughs> I think he also had a handlebar mustache at that time and was like... Uh, yeah. Damn, <laughs> that's pictures. radical. Yeah, he was, he was like... I didn't realize until recently how... Um, not like stereotypical, but he really fit the bill of uh, that kind of guy. <laughs> I mean, credit to your dad for keeping all this equipment in not only working, but like relatively clean, untouched order. Like it's near mint condition. He's I fairly gotta, me- meticulous. I he, can I can yeah. see that. There was on, on the six speakers that he gave to us or loaned us or whatever, there's one piece of tape. Dude, I got an Xbox controller in the mail, and it's eviscerated. The box is gone already. Yeah. And, um, and uh, yeah, credit to Tom High. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so we, we now have vinyl on two floors of our house, which is really nice. Yeah. We should probably complete the trifecta and get it on the second floor, but we can talk about that another time. Yeah, I don't... If I'm, <laughs> if I'm in our room, which is the entirety of the top floor, I'm usually laying on the bed. So I'm not going to want to get up to flip a record. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to music that much up there. More so just watching TV. Yeah. I think we have we have music in all the key socialization zones. Yeah. We've got turntable in the living room, Google speaker in the kitchen, which has become really helpful because for it's me nice. right now, I think like I already like to listen to music when I'm doing most things, but I'm so used to that at work too, like playing records all day that it's really hard for me to like be in silence for a long time mm-hmm. in general so it's been really nice to have that so that i can just always have because it's motivating to me to have kind of a soundtrack yeah. to do stuff too speaking of which we ordered a uh, a sound bar for the the tv and the turntable on the main floor yeah, which i'm nice. exciting uh i'll be very excited to get it mm-hmm. um but i think that's a great uh segue into what sparks joy and so we'll take a little break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about what sparked joy this week. Hmm. See you yeah. in a minute. What sparks joy <laughs> in isolation and quarantine? The list has been... It's like all the low-hanging fruit has been taken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the easy joys have been uh, have been harvested. Yeah, making my own lattes. Yeah. Spending more time at home yeah, with that those I over. love. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's no. A, Get creative, yeah. America and <laughs> yeah. the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is my, my joy sparking. 
Yeah. Um, where uh, we were just talking over the break about how it was sparking joy that Klaus has not decided to use the bathroom while we're recording. Yeah, it's yeah, really nice. Uh, first, first week in a few weeks, but now you'll probably be able to hear it in the audio, but he is playing his favorite game, which is trying to catch his own tail through a chair yeah. that has an opening near the yeah. lower back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so if you hear some scratching or some successful muse, that's, that's what's in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, what sparked joy this week? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so what I was getting at is um, I've kind of done all the easy stuff in terms of, uh, you know, extracting novelty and joy from the situation. So um, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, but uh, one in particular uh, made by uh, my friend JP um, called The Rilkean Zoo. Um, after the poet Rilke or Rilke. Um, but it is, uh, two philosophers, um, talking about not necessarily philosophy, but topics like race and love and things like that. So like broad topics, but, um, kind of with a philosophical, um, background or like they're informed by studying philosophy. I think they're both PhD students. Uh, just so they have really like high level, interesting conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you were talking about, or when we were talking about kind of like the target market or whatever for podcasts, I was basically like, I'm probably who this podcast is, yeah. is meant for the um, prime demographic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, in, I think their second podcast, they, uh, made some comments about, uh, about stoicism uh-huh. and i think as i've mentioned before i've been like reading a lot of stoic philosophy and i found it very interesting and helpful um but one of uh jp's podcast co-host aaron was like basically like f- he said verbatim fuck stoicism and then proceeded you know to provide a uh an argument and explanation but i was kind of like it kind of got me uh a little jazz but it definitely got me thinking so i wrote a like a response to his critique of stoicism mm-hmm. and i sent it to them and then they were kind enough to record a little um like 20 or 30 minute response to my response where aaron did double down on on the fuck stoicism <laughs> but uh he made some good points and it's it's funny but it um it just made me realize, like, it's cool when it made me think about this podcast and how hopefully it's valuable in the way that, like, people are getting something out of it. We've invited people to respond or, or to comment. We've had a lot of our our listeners say that, uh, you know, they've wanted to chime in and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, it was really fulfilling for me to kind of do that. And it was really nice to hear back from them. Um if anyone finds stuff like that interesting, I would highly recommend their podcast. Uh, it's the Rilkean Zoo. I think you can find it anywhere. We'll um, put the link in the, in yeah, the I'll, put a, I'll put a link, but, um, yeah. And that was just, uh, something it was like, I've never done anything like this before. Like I'm not in the habit of writing critiques or responses to stuff, but, um, just cause I was like, this is something I'm interested in. I know these people and they seem like, reasonable and good dudes in terms of uh responding to some criticism so i just went ahead and did it and it was really nice i mean you are no stranger to writing uh your i don't want to say feelings that kind of cheapens it but 
writing perspectives on the internet to people that are that are looking for information or are interested in healthy debate i mean i feel like we've covered that a little bit uh on the podcast but you that's something that you enjoy doing and is engaging for you yeah and has been for years well i just like being part of what i consider to be like uh valuable or intelligent discussions Mm -hmm. and if people are willing to engage in that i think that's really awesome so you know like these guys for example talking about stuff that i find really interesting from a very informed perspective um that's like you know that's about as good as it gets for me in terms of stuff like that so uh yeah really enjoyed it that's fun yeah i mean because we don't have uh, in-person communities to engage with engaging with those remote communities mm-hmm. and even better if you can engage with a community that is stimulating and i don't want to say like-minded but uh, a community that will really get the juices flowing or get yeah. your your brain churning well that's it's so valuable it's funny because that you say like-minded because in my like little critique i was just because i i know jp i was like i've never met aaron and i can tell that he's a good guy i was like i like this guy he seems like seems super smart funny but i was like i can also tell that i disagree with him like fundamentally about how his worldview is (laughs) just based on how he um how he describes his worldview i was like it but i was like because we're both uh good-natured seeming people i think it would be like fun to talk and have a debate so it's like it's not like-minded, but because we're both presumably good-natured people, um, it's like you don't have to be in agreement with everyone to talk to them. That's which is a, a broader, broader mm-hmm. concept that a lot of people could probably benefit from right now. Yeah. But truly, a point where we've already we've already harped on it. But it's really New the Gingrich. Time. <laughs> Sorry, it's it's really the time to. Um, try and have some discussions and not some yelling matches with yeah. the non-like-minded yeah you if know. you if you know or uh even better than knowing give giving your um the person the benefit of the doubt and assuming that they're a decent person and that they're a human just like you trying to figure stuff out and they may have their own opinions and if they do the same to you and you can have a reasonable discussion without you know losing your temper going crazy stoicism helps with um yeah i think it's super valuable yeah now's the time out of i mean any other time that i can remember as an adult where it's been the most divisive it's been and the need or the value of being able to have those discussions is so strong and large you know know how like so you just got a just got a twitter last week but Mm -hmm. um it's popping off guys every yeah going crazy I've but already like, got 34 followers sick, i don't mean to yeah. sick. yep um let's talk more about me but no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. what i was just gonna say is um a lot of people especially like mid not even mid-level but like people who have a casual podcast like us or like a mm-hmm. lot of cool people doing really interesting things have a podcast they have a twitter and you know they're not a-list celebrities so you can just be like hey what up and like talk to them on twitter and i bet they're not you know their schedule's probably pretty free you could probably talk to a lot of people that you either admire or find interesting or whatever in terms of engaging with a virtual or you know online community that's very true um 
I was kind of staggered at how easy it was to communicate with like even the mid-level podcasters type yeah. thing, people that have a <clears throat> excuse me, 50,000 listener following. Yeah. They've gotten that way because <clears throat> at least at the most part because they are engaging and they will, you know, at least give you the time of day. Um my favorite D&D podcast, I I would be amiss if I didn't shout this out, but Nadpod, not another D&D podcast is ending their first campaign tonight, right now on Twitch. Um, and I've been able to... Thank you for your sacrifice. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> they're, they're releasing it as an audio episode, and I'm four episodes behind because, uh, honestly, okay. my podcast listenership has gone down because the majority of my listening is in the car. Yeah. And I've been Com- on the, the same commute. tank of gas since we started this podcast. So uh, yeah, Same. I've only used half a tank in the last almost two months yeah i'm excited to go see my mom tomorrow for mother's day because i will get a 25 minute drive oh yeah to listen to some stuff uh just a little side breath of fresh air no pun intended i guess but i think this past couple months have been the lowest carbon emissions for decades or decades or whatever because of uh, obviously everyone not driving so Work from home, people. Save yeah. the environment. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's not really surprising. You no, know, it's at not. least the with the. I don't want to say severity, but like with the amount that our lifestyle has changed. Yeah, I, I mean, most people bike. aren't going with outside of like two miles. Yeah, I yeah. would like to make. Sorry, <clears throat> I don't mean to cut in on your guys's joy sparking time. Mm-hmm. I just want to say one more quick thing on that note is because I'm a uh, carnivorous, you know, beef eating person cows get blamed for global warming and emissions a Mm. lot which they do contribute to and factory farming is an abomination but the amount of cows has not changed but the amount of cars on the road has in the past couple months and there are a lot of things contributing to climate change and i feel like vegans unfairly put all this pressure on meat eaters where it's like yes small contribution cars probably a bigger deal just wanted to throw that in there for my own satisfaction definitely well (laughs) definitely a bigger deal cars versus meat processing yeah uh but what is uh what has sparked joy in y'all's weeks this week i mean one thing that we all shared that was really really fun was for cinco de mayo um Allie whipped up some shit yeah homemade crunch wraps at uh you know i was gonna say at home here (laughs) in hazel home (laughs) homemade crunch wraps at home at home uh, uh, that and, seems like a month ago, a little bit. <laughs> the first, yeah, to and me, it was that seems less like it was than like, a week ago. Yeah. That seems was like, like a long four, time five ago. Five days ago? That was four days ago. <laughs> oh, Jesus, so why good, does though? that seem like so long yeah. ago? We had fun. We, uh, it was great. We, we finally, you know, have gotten pretty close to perfecting the margarita recipe. And so we had some margaritas. Allie made some crunch wraps. We got on a Zoom call with 12 of our buddies. It was a really nice day. It yeah, was. And nice. honestly, I couldn't have been, and please don't take this with offense, Allie, but I couldn't have been more surprised how much better the Crunchwraps were than, like, the classic Taco I mean, Bell stuff. it makes stuff. sense that it would taste so similar because it's, I mean, it's just all the same stuff. Just you, a mere human, but, outdoing Taco uh, Bell? I mean, it did, let me just Taco say for Bell. the record, it did destroy <laughs> my stomach 
to a similar level that Taco Bell does. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's um, funny. I was, and made I me was, feel pretty I, terrible for like a full 24 hours. But I felt great. <laughs> it really, it was so much easier than I thought it was going to be. I mean, it's a lot of ingredients. It's kind of stupid unless you're feeding, you know, three or four people. More than that would actually be more annoying because you have to build them individually. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a like, lot of work for like one or two. But three yeah. felt like it was good. It was like good. we used and, all the stuff. And clearly the pleasure and or joy we got from it was worth. Oh, yeah. I mean, I literally was thinking about Taco Bell and a Crunchwrap specifically for like mm-hmm. five days leading up. So the taste was just pure joy and really, really good. We've been avoiding fast food just out of our own worries for what might be going on in the kitchens. And I'm not yeah, saying I mean, anything. Like, I don't blame. I wouldn't for a second think twice that somebody who's like working at a fast food place who's so irritated that they have to continue working in what may feel like an unsafe environment. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past them to like spit in people's food or like not, or just like not really care or not do it that well. Did I you mean, see... the Taco Bell by our house literally Did is you... like the most insane place. <laughs> the reviews are so funny to read. And I'm not kidding. Maybe 90% of the time that I've gone there, there's some kind of really weird specific issue in the drive-thru where they're like, we ran out of meat. Or our credit card machine isn't working, or we don't have internet. And I'm like, wait, yeah, that, uh, there's no way any of that's all true. All these mishaps happen. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys uh, see the article about, um, I want to say it was Denmark, but McDonald's workers like feeling sorry for Americans because they get six weeks paid vacation and get paid $22 an hour. And it's just like... This is what uh, this is what we're fighting against. That's what socialism looks like, people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like it's just crazy, like how um, working in a fast food restaurant is like it doesn't have to be shit. It is shit because we, you know, in America, we've decided, you know, and they're fighting for like fifteen dollars an hour. Right. Denmark, yeah. they're getting twenty two and paid vacation and health care and shit. Uh, yeah. Also, so for crazy. I think it was like twenty seven cents more a burger was the cost of of, of business. Yeah, yeah the cost crazy. of doing that would so. happily pay that if I yeah. knew the people working there would make minimum or a uh, living wage. Yeah. Wow. I mean, twenty two dollars an hour would be fucking great. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be as cheap as it is. People will still be addicted to it for like. 50 cents more. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I th- it doesn't I have to be McDonald's... $2 for five things. Yeah. <laughs> you, you could up and you could actually go up like yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And no, then, then you'd would have be... to give them human dignity. <laughs> yeah. You can't oh my be, God. Can't do that. So we made so our crazy. own Taco Bell yes. because we yes. felt uncomfortable yes. with the health situation yeah. um, because of the ridiculous wage level of fast mm-hmm. food employees in the United States and other reasons. And it was the reason for like you to do a craft. I feel like yeah. it was like, well, it was like right hey, now, it's a project. Like, <laughs> cooking so much and everything, it's nice to have like specific recipes in mind or like things to zhuzh it up a little mm-hmm. bit. Because I very rarely make kind of like American style tacos or whatever. Yeah. Um, white people tacos. Yeah. I mean, Did usually if I make Heather tacos, shared? it's white people taco night <laughs> I, uh, we'll share this link but we all know what that means though yeah it's not even you it's know. so good classic white people taco night we did that all the time growing up it was just an easy way to feed seven people yeah. but usually now if i make tacos it's either like it's almost always like sweet potato black bean tacos or like just something easy I mean, you like make that, some good but... tacos the sweet potato black bean ones that you make I literally are... just said that yeah <laughs> cool well we'll edit this out yeah great 
Yep. Great. Jamie just had a stroke, so it's fine. <laughs> I was he thinking looked into about... my eyes while I said, usually the type of tacos I make are sweet potato black bean. And you said, no, yeah, good. those sweet, sweet potato, potato black, black bean ones. <laughs> Admittedly, I was singing White People Taco Night in my head. While you were looking into my eyes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Mind of a musician. Okay. Oh. That reminds me, there's like a Simpsons episode where, you know, Homer's just like talking to Marge, his wife, and in his brain it zooms out and it's just like a monkey clapping <laughs> yeah. cymbals in his mind. Like nothing's even uh, happening. I will say the entirety of The Simpsons is on Disney Plus oh, and yeah. we haven't tapped into that yet. I've and watched I really a couple think... episodes. Oh, did you? Yeah, a little bit, but yeah. not nearly. I haven't done it yet, and enough. I keep forgetting that that would be a lovely way to pass the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been waiting for a platform that I own to legally binge the entirety of the symptoms, uh, Simpsons, and we finally have it. Yeah. And I haven't done it at mm-hmm. all, besides those few episodes. I've probably, you know, seen six mm-hmm. since we've gotten to it. What was that... Um. What was that show with Omar Epps on the Disney Channel when we were growing up where, um, oh lord, can't remember it, but the story is they're, they're all standing, three of them have to give a presentation at the front of the classroom. Oh, it's Smart Kid. It's Taj oh, Maori. yeah. It's Taj Maori. Yeah. And, and Taj Maori, who's a, you know, boy genius, they, they go, they focus in on him and in his head. It's like, all right, I have to make this the most compelling argument and presentation that has ever come across this classroom. And his brother goes next and he's like, all right, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta be there for, for this guy and, and make sure that I don't mess this up. And then it goes to Omar Epps, the third guy up front and and they go into his head and it's like, and it's uh it really resonated with me because (laughs) because there have been so many times where uh uh, a melody or a a song will get into my head and it it blocks everything else out so i'm so sorry no Uh, but i really do like i thought maybe you were (laughs) messing with me so i was like are you you kidding yeah Oh, that was good. Untemperamentally fit to lead a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, but no, those sweet potato and black bean tacos are great. Everyone agrees. Yeah. Independently <laughs> yeah. agrees. Yeah, just to bring it back, uh, yeah, the you. crunch wraps sparked a bunch of joy this week. That was super fun. And and having, uh, albeit a very silly reason for people to celebrate in America that have no Mexican heritage or anything. Uh, yeah. Even though the Mexicans defeated the French Empire in 1862 on mm. the 5th of May. Um, well, it also landed on a, t- a Tuesday, so it was also just kind of like Taco, Taco Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, no, a lot of great memes. What that just made me think of is like, if you look back in history, there's so many holidays, and especially uh, in like Catholicism, like every saint has mm-hmm. a holiday and all these things history was a lot like quarantine and that there's you know rampant plague and sickness and not a lot of shit to do and it's like to have a holiday it's like that's what you you need something to yeah, break through the monotony the of year. you know farming and tilling the field every mm-hmm. day and it's just like you know what this is a holiday let's celebrate saint bartholomew today and like fucking get a pig or something like yeah. you know yeah. people need, Bart would have wanted it people need feast days and these things um to kind of break up the the monotony and the and the drudgery of, of life and i think that's fine 
That yeah. truly, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. That's been the overarching things that have brought me joy is kind of the the things that I can look forward to every week or yeah. those things that are coming up in a couple weeks. Because Lord knows, I haven't clicked the interested button on Facebook for an event since <laughs> this started. So like looking forward to the normal types of events mm-hmm. that I would be. Should I Just, make an event for my birthday and invite you guys to it? Yeah, so yeah you can, that would so feel you can nice. Click a it would feel normal. Honestly, yeah. yeah, I'll set up a Zoom meeting for you, and yeah. you can just post a link to all your friends. You know, <laughs> um, but truly, that that kind of stuff. You know, when we we we've been trying to do the what sparks joy thing every week, and really, I mean, the video poker that we've talked about has been sparking joy. Yeah, played D and D online yesterday, and that's been sparking joy. But really, the the Cinco de Mayo stuff, and then I've got some stuff planned with my mom tomorrow for Mother's Day, which is exciting. We're going to cook a recipe. And when I say cook, that's in massive quotes. We're going to make peanut butter balls, mm-hmm. which requires no cooking. Is it um, the one, is it like Buckeyes, like dipped in chocolate? No. Mm. No, but I can vouch I for these. Those. Yeah, me too. Uh, there is <laughs> chocolate involved. There is chocolate involved. Okay. Um, you can do it with raisins instead, but... Um, boycott but uh but yeah that kind of that kind of thing is is it's just really nice to know that that's coming up yeah because sure. when when time is gack as we mm-hmm. talked about last week yep. it was nice to put some speckles in there yeah, yeah. What about you Allie? what sparks joy for you this week <clears throat> you know i think did i tell you that i like your sweet potato and black bean tacos <laughs> thanks honey <laughs> um I think this week Classic. I finally had, and I don't know if it's, you know, it's kind of, this was kind of the first week that I didn't have this, like, um, it's almost like it was the first week that I didn't really have a sense of urgency or purpose because I finally got like the unemployment stuff done. Yeah. So you didn't where, have a crippling yeah, financial where, First of all, I'd love to situation. say that like my acne has completely... Um, calm down this week and I think it's because I literally was like touching my face so much out of stress and was just so worked up the well, last few weeks. Probably just like the stress horm- cortisol oh, is yeah. yeah. just like totally losing my mind that I think this was the first week that I really had to like kind of readjust what my day to day is like and what I have to do to feel like a sense of accomplishment because I'm really hard on myself in general with that even when I'm working Anytime I have a day off, it's very rare that I'm going to like lay in bed all day and watch TV. I have to do stuff or else I feel like a piece of shit. Yeah. So you have like a, like a guilt about, yeah. Not, like, oh, and I, I just like, I just this. get really restless. Um, and I think this week, every, every day has been really different. And I think it, it kept making me think of this episode of, um, the show modern love on Amazon prime that came out like, I think maybe in December or something like that. Sometime this winter, great show if you have access to prime um every episode is like a different love story but there's an an episode with anne hathaway um talking about like a bipolar character where like i don't suffer from bipolar disease but the imagery of like how quickly can shift or how every morning when she wakes up it can be like it, it it's really extreme where they have these um shots on days where she's in her manic side where it's like really whimsical and bright and like she, it's like a musical and she's dancing and stuff and then the days where she's at her bottom she's like yeah. really like, dark can't get out of bed just like kind of this gloom where some days it feels that extreme 
where it's really hard for me to find the motivation to do stuff that'll bring me joy. And some days the joy just comes from like laying in bed and watching trash TV all day. Um, I think that's relatable yeah, to I mean, a lot of people in varying degrees of severity. You yeah, know? exactly. Like people who are actually suffering from depression or yeah. any mental illness right now, it's like multiplied by a thousand. Yeah. And I think for me, like the weather is such a huge part of how I'm affected that yeah. like on the sunny days, I go for a walk. I feel like I'm on top of the world and I'm planning out meals and I'm doing all this stuff and then like it's rainy and dark and then I just want to stay in bed all all day and I can't be bothered to (laughs) get I'm literally still in my pajamas that I slept in and can't be bothered to change Uh, but I will say to try to actually get to a point here (laughs) is that um, one of the things that sparked joy for me this week was like trying to solve uh, a problem on our (laughs) broken dresser situation that we have in our room we have a weird old busted dresser that Jamie's had for a long time. The drawers are all messed up and they're really clanky handles, whatever. They can't stay open without wanting to fall out. So we got a different dresser last year from Ikea and we built it. It was a pain to build. We finally got it done, but there's like apparently too much stuff in those drawers that they can handle. So the front part of these drawers that are stuck in with pegs on three of them have completely broken off. We've re-glued them. We've like shoved it back in and they just keep breaking in it. That kind of stuff spatially drives me absolutely insane. Like I wake up and I see a broken drawer and it drives me buck wild. So I was like, okay, how are we going to get like a dresser? This is such a weird time. I don't want to spend, you know, hundreds of dollars on a new one. You have to assemble it. God, the assembly drives me crazy. So then I went on uh, Facebook marketplace. And at first I was like, I don't know if I really want to like go to someone's house. Get a stranger. That feels kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but I found one, uh, that was like a, it's a mid century modern, uh, really great size, tall dresser. And the guy had it listed for like 150 bucks. And I'm looking at it and it's like, there's cotton stuck to the top. There's like a bunch of missing knobs. It like kind of looks totally beat up. And I was like, I don't know if that's worth even that much. bucks for a used dresser seems pricey. <laughs> yeah. So then I was like, I messaged him and I was like, hey, do you still have this? How about like a hundred? Because it looks like I'm going to have to do a lot of work. And he was like, immediately said, yep, that's great. So we went and picked it up. I got some wood stain. I probably didn't need the two cans. So I spent $10 on what I used for it to two stain cans. it, which two was great. Cans, I am. I, I will say that a not so joyful part of that was not listening to Jamie when he told me not to do it in the garage on a very windy day because the entire tray full of stain flew back when I went inside to grab a towel um, and it stained, you know, now that it's dry, it's not that dark and it, it's in a garage. So like, who cares really? You have a sick brown garage now. It's cool. <laughs> Just a little puddle. It did splash on my bike and that's my fault. Um, but anyways, it looks great, and I'm really excited to, like, get knobs and get it upstairs. It felt good to, like, take on a task that I wouldn't have really thought that I could do. It sounds easy enough, but, like, sanding a dresser and staining it and, like, fixing it up kind of seemed like something. There was a moment where I was looking at it, and before I messaged the guy, I was like, do I really want to do all that work? And then I realized, yeah, bitch, you got a lot of time, so just do it. And it made me feel very accomplished. It was fun and it to looks see really you nice. do it. Did I mean, it like? Do you feel like you pushed your comfort zone a little bit in terms of like you know doing something that you hadn't done before necessarily? Yeah, I mean, it's of... not even that the it was difficult. Like yeah. it wasn't out of my range of capability. Yeah. It just 
as soon as I started doing it, I was like, oh, this feels like really fun. Like this makes me enjoy this kind of a thing more. And I'd rather when it's all said and done spend, you know, at most, what, $120? Yeah. Supplies and everything mm-hmm. to, like, fix it up. And then you and have the satisfaction like, of being like, I kind of made this thing, or I, yeah. like, made it what it is now. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, a sense of pride, and it's also, I just like antique vibes more than new stuff anyways. And, like, all the dressers that I saw, even close to that price range, are just gross, ugly. I mean, even the Ikea one that we have was, like, $200. I will and it say, immediately fell apart. Yeah. Buying new furniture is kind not of... Not made of wood. Yeah. yeah made of... It's not real wood. Spoiler. Ikea. Thanks for the pegs. Full asshole. board. Yeah. Yeah, it's been tough. The mm-hmm. super glue doesn't hold on your silly pegs. No. Yeah. I will try one more time, though. Good, good. So that was a long-winded rant to say that the dresser made me feel good um, this week but it required context yeah yeah yeah. just needed you guys to know like where my ad's at Mm -hmm. because it's very different day to day man it is a great time for a project if you're stuck at home you know i think we said that the other uh the other week to just you know create something apply your human creativity and ingenuity to something that gives you joy or pleasure you find meaningful um yeah i will say that it's really nice to do home projects and i want to continue doing that stuff i did feel like a little level of guilt when i went to the ace uh right by our house at first because i was like oh god the parking lot looks crazy but they are doing a really good job of monitoring how many people go in they sanitize all the carts and everything um, but my friend went in the other day and she said as soon as she walked in, <laughs> somebody was like right up in her face being like, oh, what are you here for today? And then just kind of, I think she took a minute to pause and they were like, oh, just browsing as if they were judging her for like for coming like, in and looking uh, around. But yeah. I, I told her, you know, if I'm going to go to the hardware store or any store, honestly, even if I have a list, I might take my time like a little bit because if I'm already there, I've made the trip. Yeah, because you're. I might out as well already. get what I can while yeah. I'm here. Yeah. There's no shame in that. I mean, you don't want to loiter, especially if there's a line of people like at Trader Joe's when there's, you know, you're waiting in line for almost a half hour even just to get into the store. I imagine as a hardware store employee, because a lot of times, like underpaid retail workers, I would feel like this at some restaurant jobs that I've worked, where it's like if you are having a bad time and you're stressed out normally. You hate when people come in. You're like, fuck these people. Oh, yeah. I can't you tell know. you how many times 20, 30, 40 minutes before we close, somebody walks in and I'm and like, like really? Yeah. But so I <laughs> That makes like, no sense. <laughs> multiply that by some crazy number in terms of how they all must be feeling now, where it's just like, mm-hmm. this motherfucker's come to look around at paint swatches oh, while yeah. I have to work and risk my health. Right. Like, I can't sure even that, imagine the weekend before this all even happened. The yeah. rage I felt at every person that came in. Yeah. I, Just I like, sympathize entirely with that. Just like, how dare you be outside but, right now? Right. So but I, at a certain point, it's that. like, we have been locked away for a while now. So at this point, like, you can't... Yeah. In, unless it seems like someone really doesn't need to be there for anything and that they're actually just wandering or around and aren't going to buy anything. irresponsible or right. fucking around or something. But, it's, but everybody's got a mask. Like, yeah. that's really the most that you can do. And at a certain point, people are going to fucking lose their minds if they can't 
go in anywhere. Oh, that point has been reached by yeah. many people. For but the sure. people who are at least being, yeah, you yeah. know, Sensible. careful about it, it's still, it's just hard to take that in. I mean, even buying stuff online, I feel bad about because then, you know, the delivery workers are still super busy and it's just. I bought some stuff from a, um, I'll tell you later because it's a surprise. It's what I'm getting for our birthday. I know you keep being so cryptic but, about it, and I don't I'll, understand. But it's what a it's a place in ordered. it's a place in New York that I uh, have been a big fan of for a long time. But it's like a pseudo small business, but it's a business I want to support. So I just like spent a bunch of money to get stuff delivered here from them. But I was like, I felt better about that than I don't know. I guess it's a weird middle ground because like you want to support people, but also you don't want them to do stuff. But if they're still in business, then it's better to give them money, you know? So it's, well, like... it's harder to a lot of the small businesses really appreciate it. I mean, we bought brunch from Bobcat Bonnie's today in Ferndale and they have a couple locations, but they like included a handwritten card that said like, thanks so much for, you know, supporting us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. And that's really nice to see, you know, not that like, oh, I want to feel like I'm doing such a good thing for them. But it is nice to see that they that they are glad to have that business so that I don't feel as like much of an burden. asshole yeah. for doing that. Because, you know, if they're able to still employ their employees, then that's awesome. And I want to support them because I do really like that restaurant. Yeah. Because it's better that they stay open. Well, if they're going to be open, it's better that they're making money than you right. don't patronize them and then they go out of business or something so yeah yeah and i want them to stay that's our spot yeah yeah i was half expecting we have this one waiter uh that waits on us almost every time we go mm-hmm. to bobcat bonnie's ferndale and i was like expecting it to be josh uh, it wasn't honestly same when i typed in my name on the online thing of who it was for His i was face like popped up. <laughs> no, i just was thinking like i bet that he's gonna see this and be like oh cool so sick he's the type of waiter that like kneels down at the table to talk to you and he takes your order to be <laughs> mm-hmm. like hey guys mm-hmm. which at first i was like what's happening and now it's just like that's just what we do he's yeah. our boy we have every a, time have a convo mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's a fair amount of stuff that sparked joy for us this week i think we just like have to find it we have to be able to look back and like pinpoint that stuff or else it just will feel like a really dark time and i want to come out of this knowing that there's like a decent amount of positive things that I can take from it. No, you know, I guess like we've been doing this the whole time, but I hadn't thought of it this way, but, uh, what we've been doing is just being grateful or thankful and like mm-hmm. practicing that and expressing that, which is something that in mindfulness and meditation, there's like uh, a gratitude meditation that you can do where it's basically like just like thinking of the things that you were grateful for that day but it, it makes you appreciate things so much more. But I think a lot of people, I mean, I never reflected on things like that before in this way, uh, you know, p- before this time. But I think it's a good thing to kind of get in the habit of in general or that I at least did not do at all or as much in normal life or just looking back and being like, yeah, that was really nice, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think it's nice that we're doing this. Couldn't agree more. It's the same as when we were talking about present alley versus future and past alley. You know, mm-hmm. we've we've forced ourselves to be a little bit more in the moment, and Lord knows we're a little bit more secluded than normal. So a little bit getting 
getting creative it's important i think now that everyone's finances are figured out we've gotten a little bit more comfortable and used to our situation that um yeah not that things have normalized but stabilized a little bit there are days where it it feels relatively normal yeah Mm -hmm. we're just like in the groove yeah a little bit more yeah yeah i feel like um as we've talked about it it comes in waves you know whether you feel all right or you feel happy or disgruntled or you know uh, some days you're restless and other days it seems like the new normal and you can find some some calming happiness in it yeah Um, i feel like at this point i have less feelings of that kind of like heavy disparity or kind of grief dread (laughs) yeah i mean at first the first you know chunk of this was very like i'm scared of everything i don't understand and now at this point i'm just like god i'm bored yeah i'm just bored that's really my problem day to day now i saw there could be worse things (laughs) yeah i think the difference it's like recognizing that it's boredom and or uh, i saw a tweet where it's just like the amount of people who are mistaking inconvenience for oppression. Mm-hmm. It's oh. just like, and I just thought that summed it up so well. It's like, this is not oppression. This is not whatever, but it's just like, you're just bored. You're restless. I get that it sucks, but it's like, you're not being, you know, there's not a Nazi boot on your neck. Yeah. yeah. And it's not forever. Yeah. If we do this the right way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> do we have any closing thoughts or anything? I mean, I'm no, I not mean, trying I think, to cut it off early or anything. I don't but, think it's early. Know. I think, you know, it's nice to not have an agenda and to just kind of like talk about what we're thinking. I mean, all of our listeners have been like longer apps, four to oh, five I hour apps. Yeah, we sure. need more content. <laughs> That's not someone, true. I was about to be no, like, no. who the no, fuck no. No, no. Everybody's like, oh, your first episode's like two and a half hours mm-hmm. long. Yeah. Okay. I think okay, it's yeah, interesting because yeah, yeah. definitely check it out. It's I listen point. to. I mean, and I'm probably in the minority, but I listen to like four hour podcasts. Um, I think you're definitely in the minority, minority I, for that, both of you. But I'm, there are nobody's like, attention spans are that long. Um, but you do but it like, in snippets. Yeah, I don't. You know normally... it's snippet, right? What did he just say? You, you, you've said snippet probably five times you today, do it in and it's and it's fine. I just thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> I'm just no. curious. Um, it is snippet. I, I know that it's S N I P P E T. Oh, you just pronounce it kind of snippet. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious if you thought it was spelled with B's. Mm-hmm. Not like I'm going to edit matters. this to make you look like the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, that's, just, uh, that's my power. This is what Courtney's yeah. being yeah. like. Allie's yeah. very mean to me. Yeah. She's a big time bully. I can't keep this facade up any longer. <laughs> Do you know you speak like a fucking idiot? <laughs> <laughs> that would be. That would have been a perfect time for you to be like. Exquelms me. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Just a laugh, just a snap back. Yeah. I am known for saying things wrong, especially lyrics. So everyone says stuff like that wrong. Yeah. Like we don't. No one's gonna say. At uh, least I don't say library. No. Oh man. Like my parents. Know what the worst one is? Milk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate that one. My grandpa used to say batteries. Oh, Which but is I kind of like cute. That's like quaint. Papa. That's yeah. like a different. That's like people being like aluminium. Oh which is just like British or whatever Australians. Yeah, my grandma a, says wash. I mean, oh, warsh, people just yeah. have it. 
Okay. My so grandma says that too. Tennessee. Arguably, arguably, ask versus axe is like a cultural thing where, like, you know, ask you a question, ask you a question. It's yeah. clearly spelled one way, but in, in different parts of the United States. It's in the dictionary it, now. Yeah, is exactly. Right? Because mm-hmm. enough people have yeah. said it. So we had a corporate training the other day where the person leading it kept saying asterisk, and it mm. drove me bonkers the entire time because it's asterisk. Know what I hate? Mm. Espresso. Oh, yeah. yeah I hate that bad. one, too. As a, as a one-time snooty barista, I was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, we, we all have our blind spots, you know? Oh, for like, sure. I had no idea, and I think you know this, Nick, that it was uh, for all intents and purposes mm-hmm. until two years ago. What did you think it was? Intensive. Intensive. Yeah. Oh. For all intents and mm-hmm. purposes, you know? And so I'm sure there's... That one's a little know, trickier because it it doesn't quite sound wrong. When yeah. you hear it, so I've I thought it was that for a long time too. There are yeah. a lot of turns of phrase or whatever mm-hmm. like that. Um, but you know, it's not acceptable. Would of instead of would have. have. Mm. Why does that make sense to you? Well, okay, here's why. I would have done it if you make it a contraction and it's W O U L D apostrophe V E. How? how would you say that? I mean, you say would have, but would've. people no. But I have seen people type out. Oh yeah, would, typing. O yeah. f of Lord. We can of make course a the contraction whole... makes sense, but people will well, say it's, would it's of because of the the because they hear the, it and the, then they don't yeah, know the that linguistic what a contraction versus the, is. the written um, obsession. Really, I was just reading. Uh, uh, I've been trying uh, to be. <laughs> I've been trying to uh, like be a better writer recently, so I've been reading a lot of like. Uh, writing books and like style books like if you've ever taken like AP Lang or Lit like E.B. White like Strunk and White's mm-hmm. style guide anyway but um, basically every historically there's always been a transition uh, of linguistics between people being like the young kids don't know how to speak mm-hmm. they're gonna ruin language it's all being destroyed and like that's I, uh, the most recent style guide I read, he he brought up um, examples from like biblical times, being like old school monks, being like these new school monks are going to ruin language and it's all destroyed. So yeah, uh, just the fact of how um, dynamic and and mutable uh, the spoken and written word is. Um, it's like we make up language and well, language is a living thing. It yeah. adapts. It's an organism. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's an adaptive technology. Think about Shakespeare. Wasn't that long ago, as far as generations no. go. And it's so different. You know? That shit don't make sense. Okay, let me tell you what. I had <laughs> to study. I am a examiner. And, like, let me very confusing. He also made up a lot of words. Yeah. So. Which good for him. If you're influential enough to make up a bunch of words yeah. that end up in the dictionary, you are a literary it's crazy. god. No That's one, amazing. Because no one makes up words these days. Nah. Yeet. <laughs> yeah, yeet. Somebody finna. make up even I more. I like finna. Yeah, that's not even made. That's like that's just the conjugation, you know. But um, yeah. I spent a full five hours about. I'd say it's about a year ago now, trying to get a grip on Gen Z words 
because I I love language. Mm-hmm. I want to know, and also like it's slightly confusing, and I'm getting into my crotchety old man ways where I'm like, I don't know what these kids no, are saying. I feel like really... Danny is the person to ask about that. Oh, he definitely knows that. No cap. <laughs> I did see something real like embarrassingly helpful. <laughs> so I'm sure it was just like an internet thing, whatever that I saw of somebody being like, oh, this professor. Um, it keeps like a, an Excel sheet or whatever of like what these phrases mean. I don't remember the exact wordage, but it was like a bunch of screenshots and I actually was going through it being like, Oh, okay. But it'll, it said things like bad, really good. good. <laughs> <laughs> like all these listed things. And there were a couple that I was like, Oh, I did not know that was a thing. But sometimes I think like it'd be really hard to be a high school teacher. You just have to constantly go through all these like weird well, and then, like, the text Faces. abbreviations. Like, I didn't know what SMH meant for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys ever use Urban Dictionary? Oh, yeah. I have, but I haven't in a long time, and I feel like I should now that I'm, like, on TikTok, because I actually don't know what anything means. Like, there's Shaking a thing called head. Yeah. There's a thing called FYP, for your, hashtag for your page, and I don't know what it means. Oh, I've never seen it. I would think that that means, like, something that you would like. Uh, it is amazing how much it, um, especially in the United States where it's such a big country and there are so many accents and and dialects. I was going to say regional dialects. Yeah. Um, it's really amazing to see just in, in our short lives, but if you look back, it's even more vast, how crazy they stem off from one thing. I mm-hmm. mean, you can look at... You can look at the South and then look at Texas versus Missouri versus Florida. You can look I mean, at all the, the Midwest. Nor- the Northeast. I, everywhere has weird... Uh, someone just said in the Midwest where it's like, yeah, no means... Yeah. And then yeah. Means, That's, like, that yeah, means no, no means no. No, no yeah means yeah. Yeah, yeah no, no yeah. yeah means... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. And yet we don't, we don't sound like even, Fargo. You I know? didn't even realize that I spoke like that either until it was pointed out to me and I was like oh yep mm-hmm. yep that was an earth shattering moment for me um I think it was just right after college where someone told me they're like you have a very midwestern accent and it was like so offensive to me yeah, to people hear said that, that to me too because I thought in my mind that I had such a non-regional diction and that I was I could have gone on C, you know, like <laughs> yeah. whatever TV Rather. channel right away and been fine. And uh, they're like, "No, your A's are super nasally, and you, you've got like gonna and hafta and and all of those things." And really, you know, everybody is a victim of their surroundings, unless you get a grander scope. But truly, I did find um, a couple screenshots of that. The list. Teacher's slang that I was talking about. Period. C. Facts. Pull up. Come through. An invitation. <laughs> Rashing. To make fun of someone. Real one. Valid person. Someone that you trust. Run that. To take. To start. <laughs> so many good ones. High key. Very obvious. Hop off. Mind your own business. I'm dead. That was amusing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, low key, not obvious, no cap. I am serious slash no lie slash for real. Uh, Nunya, none of your in quotes business. My mom said Nunya. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's been one that's, that's been, yeah. around, been for around a while. But also, John, I have heard this before, not necessarily by huh? kids, but like a couple years ago, like a more of a southern thing. A John, 
a thing, object, person, place. I've heard it as that John, as in like well, how joint. How do you spell that? J A W N. That John. Whoa, I've never heard that before. They were like, "Oh yeah, that John over there," and I was like, "What are you guys saying? I don't yeah, understand like, what that uh, means." You're gonna have to. Uh, my dad, well, my mom and dad, um, like the book of John from the <laughs> yeah, Bible. Yeah. Uh, my mom and dad lived in Louisiana for a while in mm. Baton Rouge. That's actually where my brother was born. But um, they would go to crawfish boils and stuff in the in the in the deep swamps and stuff like mm. that. Like they would get invited into these things, and uh, some of the like real hardcore Cajun accents and Cajun dialects, where it's like, "What are you saying?" Like the just. It's like Cockney English, where it's like, "What yeah. are you? What are you speaking?" Yep. I understand these words, but they're making no sense to me. It's like arrival. I uh, oh, great reference! <laughs> and if you're if you're interested in studying language, or if you have studied another language, watch Arrival. It's a fantastic yeah, I like movie. I watch that again. Yeah, I'd watch it again. It's good. good. When we went down to um, to Nolens. Mm-hmm. Um, for a bachelor party, it's the first time I've ever been in that region of the country, and I haven't been back. I would love to. It's good, great time. But I, I couldn't believe the accents. It was the first time that I had been to a place where it seemed, where it seemed like it was almost a caricature of what I had heard on the media. Yeah, well, Cre- I mean, like Creole is a crazy culture, language, everything. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of the blending, makes it sound. It's so fascinating, just the blend of, of uh, languages and dialects and cultures. Uh, I um, I hosted a band here a couple years ago that was from Atlanta, and they said, here's the biggest difference in language between the North and the South. The North takes out as many syllables as possible, gonna, have to, all that stuff, and the South just adds a bunch of vowels. Oh man, there's so much weend here. They, they they keep they keep adding in vowels where they don't belong, you know. And um and it's stuck. That's with an me. interesting way to think but, about that. But yeah, and that that Louisiana Creole accent completely defies that whole thing because they blend it, they slur it just like we do, but in a different way. And they're not adding many vowels, whereas, um, you know, I don't want to call out specific states, but, like, I guess I will. <laughs> Texas and um, and other, you know, Mississippi, Alabama, those states tend to add those vowels in. So, anyway, I'm, I'm fascinated by the dialects of the United States. <laughs> For some reason, and we were just <clears throat> watching this, but the... Uh... When they make fun of Paula Dean on SNL, I forget. Butter and Isle. Butter and Isle, Seth. <laughs> yeah. Just, so that when you just said that wind, southern drawl, you know. Butter and Isle, Seth. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Dialects are very funny. There's this, um, there's like a joke um, that, and it's actually uh, David Foster Wallace did a commencement speech called This is Water, but he starts it off with this joke where it's like two young fish are swimming and older fish uh, passes them, and he's like, water's nice today, huh? And they're like, yeah. And then the two fish swim on, and they just go, what's water? And <laughs> the point kind of being that it's like when you're swimming in it, like you don't realize your own bubble when you're in yeah. it. Like you don't see it because you're so surrounded by it. And like you going to New Orleans for the first time, you realize that 
the water that you've been swimming in this whole time. And, uh, and it's interesting. And I think that's why more, I saw some statistic where it's like a very small percentage of Ameri- of Americans have left the country. And, uh, I think that's really damaging because you don't realize the water that you're swimming in and you, your perspective is limited. I mean, that's really what, what I'm talking about is just perspective, but, and we've talked, we've, talked about that a lot in terms of privilege and you know ignorance and other things but uh you know just talking about language to be like golly they talk weird um it's like well yeah a lot of people talk really differently than we do but we just don't have the perspective or we just you know haven't been exposed to it for whatever reason well and uh, we have such a big country too that of course it makes sense that there's so many different yeah accents within i feel like the internet country. has not only its own language but it's also kind of uh, bridging these gaps, though, you know, because there's no longer I mean, there's still is physical distance, but there's no longer um, distance in terms of communicating with someone online. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of those things are kind of being a little bit more shared or homogenized in some ways uh, within the kind of insane context that is the Internet. The mm-hmm. subject reminded me of a Mark Twain quote, which I will read now. Mm-hmm. Travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness, and many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth all one's lifetime. I love that. It's an incredible quote, um, and and it it represents so well what we're talking about. I mean, you can apply that to so many different things, but even for language. No, it's funny. We had that... no idea we sounded Midwestern. You yeah, know? of course. Until uh, you get outside that, that water, that bubble. Yeah. The funny thing is that <laughs> how little we've learned from that quote. I mean. Writ large, you know, it's just yes. like. Yeah. On a, on a grand scale. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think wisdom like that is a distribution problem or an apathy problem do you think people don't care to learn or think about things like that or do you think that they just have like haven't been exposed to it you know like what's what's the problem what's the hold up here both are yeah both are and and i honestly i feel like that quote encapsulates both those barriers to entry Mm -hmm. i mean whether you've heard about it or not and whether or not your upbringing has been so let's say narrow that you're willing or not willing to take in that new perspective those are both problems and actually what i just thought of speaking of perspective and privilege is i didn't when i said that about americans leaving the country think about why that is they probably don't have enough money to leave the country and we don't have vacation. So it's like, uh, how are we to expect someone who's not well off or uh, who started off in a not great situation to be like, oh, yeah, you should go to Europe, dude. It's like, that's a privileged uh, in the bubble statement as well. Yeah. If you're um, not privileged, you can go to Cancun and maybe five other places that are pretty much America light, you know, that have been, you know. Yeah. But it's it's hard to go. We make even travel within America without you know good public transportation. Like it's expensive to to move around the country. Transportation is mm-hmm. expensive, and a lot of people uh, 
I mean, myself, I really haven't taken a proper vacation in like years, you know, mm-hmm. just because it's like you're working all the time. So you can't take a vacation. I don't yeah. get paid vacation. Um, but yeah, so that's just enough, another example of like, we immediately think like, oh yeah, Amer- you know, why haven't you traveled? But it's like, there's a lot of reasons, but that it's like a compounding problem of like low education and ignorance because of scarcity begets all these things where it's like a vicious cycle of, uh, you know, downward declining wisdom. Maybe it's just really, really important to get perspective and education on a few crucial things before you're released into the real world, into the adult world, and you're on your own. And so many people do not have the privilege of being educated or exposed to those things. We've yeah. we've talked about it yeah. in five different ways, about five different topics, but that's really, I think, what it boils down to is, you know what? If you've never been to Argentina, you're not going to know what the Argentinians do. If you don't know what a checkbook looks like, you're not going to know how that works or how credit works. There's, there are things that, um, that could be added to our educational rhetoric that are important, but there are also, in my opinion, even more important things or opportunities for, I can only speak for Americans um, that that could be added into a travel itinerary or at least an education itinerary where it's engaging for kids um, to get that perspective. Because otherwise, I, you know, I would have gone through my life thinking that the way I speak is the right way. And if it's a different dialect it's it sounds stupid or unsophisticated well if you're that would never have been ex- my ignorance yeah because it's like there's a wide complex and diverse world out there but if you're not exposed to it for the first 18 25 30 years of your life your brain kind of gets pretty set in its ways in terms of hey this is what's normal this is what i'm like everyone else is weird but the younger you're exposed to um, things like that, the more of a well-rounded and kind of like rich picture of the world you have. Have you ever known people that um, either for business or like their parents were in the military, so they moved around as kids a lot? Those kids, uh-huh. I feel like, are always so well-rounded uh-huh. and just because they've seen so many different cultures or people or aspects where it's like they have such a fuller picture of reality than the person who has never left their hometown, you know, just mm-hmm. by nature of experience, uh, which I think is really interesting. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. That was a fun tangent because I feel like we were just on the cusp of ending the podcast and then went on a completely uh, different s- weird track just because we were talking about weird language shit. Yeah. No, agreed. It's just so important to find some perspective. You know, and to and to bring it back to the beginning of the episode of the podcast, if you don't have those different experiences when you're a kid, maybe you're going to dream about some very narrow things. You know, maybe you're going to deprive yourself of some uh, some some larger perspective. Mm-hmm. Everyone should go out go out and watch Rescue Nine One One. That's right to get that important <laughs> perspective where you too can be a firefighter. Mm-hmm. It might just inspire you. (laughs) 
When you said rescue 911 earlier, I thought Reno 911? Rescue me? I thought Rescuers Down Under. Oh, great movie. Great. I know it's a it's a great show. We should try and have one episode where we don't talk about like Disney, like specifically like <laughs> I Disney. I fucking yeah. dare you. Yeah, yeah, Disney movies of our childhood. I feel like it doesn't come up, except I mean it comes up sometimes, but we happen to come upon it a lot mm-hmm. whilst talking in the basement. I don't mm-hmm. know why. True. Do we have any closing <laughs> statements here? At Can risk you... of going on and on, I say we shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Be well, everyone. Yeah. We'll see you next week. I feel the be no problem. Take a seat. You want to dance with me too, baby?